right, Roman. You already know we had to have you right back. Yes, sir. It's good to be back. Uh, yeah, you're talking about progressive revelation. So we're just going to have to keep bringing you back and pulling that out of you a little bit. Did we get that far in our first podcast? <laughs> uh, you, you talked about it a few times, maybe. Oh, nice. But I think today what we want to focus on is the, the parable aspect, right? We're called our parable. And one of our initial kind of one-liners was sharing wisdom through the testimony of others. So we kind of d- want to dive into that testimony aspect today. Nice. And just kind of get to know you a little bit. So dive in and let us know. Cool. Well, for those of you guys who don't know me or maybe you're watching this or listening um, for the first time, um, my name is Roman. I'm 33, going to be 34 in a month or so, which is cool. I have four daughters, I'm married for going on 14 years. 14 That's years. powerful. Um, and so pretty much my story is I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, my dad was kind of just, you know, backslid and, and left the church scene. Um, and I grew up like my dad was my hero. My dad was, you know, kind of my role model and example as I was growing up, as I was a kid. And so my dad ended up getting into some, uh, stuff when we moved to the United States. Mm -hmm. And so he was in jail. And during that time, um, I was 12 years old and, you know, everything started with a cigarette and a wrong friend at school. At 12 years old. At 12 years old. And by 13, I was already, you know, moved out of the house or living on the streets at first and selling drugs in our middle school. When I was seven years old, I mean, seven years old, when I was in seventh grade, I got expelled from all the schools in our like whole district wow. for selling drugs. And um, things just happened really fast. Mm-hmm. They went down really fast. I know now how powerful it is to surround yourself with the right people, mm. with the right friends, and what kind of impact and influence that has on our life. Yeah, We have no idea, but the, the tribe and the people that God called us to probably plays the biggest impact and role in our development and who we become and what we end up doing in life. So the same thing goes in the opposite direction. You know, I surround myself with, with people that were like that. And for me, it just naturally just happened to, you know, go down real fast. So at like 14, 15 years old, you know, by the time I was 16, I had like 30 arrests on my record, always in and out of juvie on, you know, probation, had a, you know, uh, uh, officer that was like in gang task forces and all that stuff. And so it was a life of crime. It was a life of addiction. I was using crystal meth and cocaine. Um, and that's expensive drugs. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up doing a lot of stuff like stealing and robbing just to, just to be able to provide for that kind of habit. Mm-hmm. And so the story is kind of, it has like different stages, but, um, I will probably start with, you know, by that time I had friends dying my hands from overdoses. Well, um, and honestly, I think it's the hand of God that I'm even alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's many moments where I know that if there wasn't some kind of hedge of protection, some kind of supernatural covering, I don't know if I shouldn't have been alive, mm-hmm. you know? So, so all that happened. And so let's skip forward to 
my first encounter with the, with the Lord, with his presence. And so, you know, I'm, I'm 16 at this point and we are in a room in a hot box room at a party and it's about one o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden I become instantly sober and I had a cigarette in my hand. I was a chain smoker and it just falls out of my hand and I begin to weep. Wow. So I, I was in shock. I didn't understand what's going on mm-hmm. because I thought there's no way that God would show up into a place like this mm-hmm. because I grew up knowing about God, but I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And so when I felt his presence in the room, I covered my face and ran out of, out of the room. A different cloud filled that room. Yeah. And so uh, that whole night I was up. I couldn't use drugs. I was sober. And I knew it was God. Yeah. You know, because I think all of us are born with a void. Mm-hmm. We're born with an emptiness that only God can fill. So it's almost like there's a, there's a sensor for God in us. Mm-hmm. There's this knowing of God when we meet him, when right. we encounter him. Of course. It's hard to explain that, but that's exactly the way I experienced it. I knew it was God, even though I didn't have those experiences before. Mm-hmm. And so I happened to call my mom the next morning because I thought she's a strong believer. She was a woman of faith. And I'm like, for sure, she has something to do with this. you know. And I said, what were you doing last night? And she said, we had 40 hour prayer at our church and she started crying on the phone. She's like, son, we were praying for you. And I'm like, what time? And it was 12 to 2 AM. Wow. This happened to me roughly at one o'clock. And I said, mom, and I began to explain to her what happened to me that night. And so it's amazing to, to know now how prayer moves heaven Yeah, and how Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Mm -hmm. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And you know, when my mom prayed, nothing got better. Things got even worse. You know, so sometimes when we pray, because we don't see the invisible, we can get discouraged because we feel like judging by the visible, things are not changing. Things are not getting better. And a lot of times we stop praying. We quit believing and we, we quit praying. But I think we have to understand that it's almost like a cup. And if prayer is a drop, well, there comes a time when that cup is filled. Yeah. And the overflow begins to manifest right. into the visible world. And so she prayed for years for me. This was not the first time she prayed. But in this moment, heaven just invaded my space. Hmm. And I had a supernatural encounter with God, not because I was praying. I wasn't seeking God. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't searching for him, but because somebody was praying for me, it gave God, for the lack of better words, permission right. to move in my life. Yeah, You know, uh, one pastor said it like this, that prayer is like a driver's license for God to move on earth. Mm-hmm. Because in Genesis, he said, let them, not let us, let them have dominion and let them rule. So he gave the authority over to man. But when man on earth begin to pray, they invite him in to move on the earth. So it's like a driver's license for the Lord to do what he wants to do on the earth. So prayer has just a powerful, it it just played such a powerful role in my life, Mm -hmm. in my personal life and in my encounter with the Lord. 
So I, that night passed, you know, and, and the next day I wish my story was my whole life changed, mm-hmm. but it actually got worse. But what did change was everything that was colorful became gray. Everything that, you know, used to satisfy didn't satisfy anymore. Right. Um, it's almost like I got depressed in my own. Before I was enjoying life, I was enjoying the high. But after that encounter, the high didn't satisfy. You tasted a little bit. You yes. taste. Yes. And I think we get ruined mm-hmm. for normal or we get ruined for better because after we encounter the Lord, all of a sudden, every other pleasure just can't come close mm-hmm. to the pleasure we experience in His presence, yeah, to the on. satisfaction we experience in His presence. So I noticed that right away. It was like a black and white, you know, from from that night forward. So then I decided, okay, I'm going to change my life. And I think just like anybody watching, how many times did we choose that? You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to change my life. I'm going yeah. to quit drugs. I'm going to quit doing these wrong things because... I know they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought my understanding was you got you to gotta clean up before you come to church. Mm-hmm. Because like church is not for people like you. Church is not for drug dealers and gangsters. You know, ch- church is for good people, right people. And I remember I flushed the drugs down the toilet. I said, I'm quitting. I lasted about three days before I was attacking my friend for a dose. And that's when I realized that I'm, I'm not really free. I thought like freedom is to do whatever you want, but that's subjective. I think freedom is to be able to stop whenever you want doing whatever you're doing. Right. Because if freedom is doing whatever you want, then what happens when you don't want to do that anymore and you can't, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you felt, you find yourself in bondage. So at first I thought I was free because I do whatever I want. But then when I try to stop, I realize I can't stop. And I'm like a dog on a leash. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about the deception of sin. Sin always looks good on the outside. Yeah. Sin always looks appealing to the eye. Uh, sin always has this attraction, but it's poisoned inside. Yeah. It actually, it's empty. It doesn't satisfy. It, it, it never satisfies you. That's why like people don't stop. People grow in sin, you know, mm-hmm. like and lawlessness. So, so for me, um, it was just that moment and the journey of trying to quit. Then I decided, you know, um, actually I think I'm missing one more moment with, with, with the Lord. So I threw away all the drugs, then ended up getting back on this stuff, realized that I need help. And a few months later, I had an overdose. Wow. And the overdose led me to an emergency room. Mm-hmm. I was all pale, white. One of my friends rushed me to the emergency room. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was dying. You know, I the drugs were mixed with, with other drugs, and it caused some kind of reaction in my body. Mm-hmm. I was swollen. I was twisted. Um, wow. When we got to the emergency room, the first thing that happened, what the nurse that was meeting us at the front fainted from seeing me. Wow. So I don't know how I looked, but the, the nurse fainted. We got to the front desk. My friend who was also on drugs ended up running off because he thought we're all going to jail mm-hmm. and he was paranoid. 
And I forgot who I was. I forgot my name. I had complete memory loss. Wow. And so they're asking me questions I don't know how to answer. They do a blood pressure test on my hand. And because I'm swollen and I feel like I'm dying, uh, I ripped it off. And I said, what are you guys trying to do, kill me? So they called security thinking I'm, I'm mental. Like I have mental issues. I'm a psycho. And they put me in a room for crazy people, you know, with rubber walls and all that. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I started dying. So imagine like I came for help, but I ended up getting locked into a room. Wow. And I, you know, when you're like, when you're right in front of death, you just know. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, you know that that's death. Right. And I, and I was fighting for my life. My heart was pacing. I think I was having like heart attacks or something. And when I sat down against the wall, I began to feel like I'm leaving my body mm -hmm. and going into this like thick, tangible white light. And as that was happening, there was this fear that came over me. And I knew that if I die right now, I'm not right with God. And I said, God, if you're real, save me and I'm going to serve you. Wow. So I passed out like this. When I came back to myself, I was on an operations table and there was people, doctors and nurses all around. And, you know, they were reviving me and stuff with those machines. And to make the long story short, I miraculously survived that, mm. that night, got released from the hospital to skip all the details. And that same night, I was back on drugs. Wow. You know, so it's like... The power of the flesh. Yeah, there was no... And I hated myself for doing it, but mm. I couldn't stop. And so I decided, okay, I can't stop. I'm going to turn myself into... Uh, jail because they were looking for us I knew I was going to get prison time so I'm like you know what I'm going to go turn myself in and I'm going to go through withdrawals in jail I'm going to fix my life I'm going to read the bible I'm going to change and when I get out I'm going to live a new life wow. you know and that's a great plan but you know we can't do it without God yeah the 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 the, the point of change is surrender it's when we surrender to him. That's good. So we can't do it without him. But I was trying to do it without him. And I don't understand what that is. So I turned myself in. I went through that whole season. I ended up getting out. And I lasted about 10 days or so and got back on drugs. After jail? After jail. How long were you in jail for? Uh, I ended up getting released early. I had, I think I served nine months in nine the months. juvenile institution in oh. Green Hill, Chehalis here. And so... When I got out, I found out my mom's sick with cancer mm. and I ended up, you know, using again. So I was too ashamed to come home for my mom to see me like this. Yeah. So I came home the next night and when I came home, uh, my mom was in, on, you know, in the living room and she pointed her finger at me and she said, son, you're going to serve God. Wow. And I'm like, I mean, look at me, you know, like. I can't even, I'm, I'm a drug addict. Like I can't even get my life straight. I can't even, my life was so far from her words. So I kind of got frustrated. I turned around, went upstairs and at five in the morning that same night. So, you know, a few hours later, my little brother's waking me up and he's like, Hey, Roman, wake up. Mom died. Mom died. Wow. So that was, that was the last words she said to me. 
So that day after her death was kind of like my rock bottom, you know, yeah. looking back at this now. And I begin to, the enemy begin to lie to me and just like send these thoughts. It's, it's your fault she died. It's all because of you. And I begin to kind of like embrace that idea mm. and become such a victim to what was happening. Yeah. And I started to think, well, what if I just take a handful of pills and just go to sleep, you know, and easy way out. And I'm not going to put anybody through any pain because my whole family's suffering because of me. Wow. And so it seemed like the right thing to do. And, um, so as I was fighting all those thoughts <clears throat> that evening, I closed the door in my room and I said, God, either, either, how did I say it? <laughs> it was like really unreligious. Um, I'm either going to change tonight or either my life's going to change tonight, uh, or, or I'm going to die. Like it's, it's one of those like crossroads. I'm at rock, my rock bottom and either like my life's going to change. Either I'm never coming back to this moment in my life again, or it, that's it. It's yeah. over. And so I realized that God, he pays more attention to our heart. Yeah. To what our heart is saying in that moment. Cause a lot of times we think about the prayer and how it sounds and the right words. God's not impressed with our intros and mm -hmm. our thou arts, you know, yeah, yeah. he's listening to my heart. Yeah. He's listening to w where my heart is. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that wasn't the right prayer, but that was a heart prayer. Yeah. It was a real prayer. It was a raw prayer. It was a sincere prayer yeah. where I was, I was ready to lay down my life. I was ready to surrender. I was done. I just didn't know how to help myself. So I, I that's why I was, in a place of surrender. I think one of the most challenging things to do in life is surrender. Yeah. Because a lot of times that doesn't happen until you fully exhaust your strength. And so pretty much when that happened, I, I began to weep. I was on the floor. I felt like somebody put a blanket over my body. I felt all of this physically. And then as though somebody knelt down and embraced me. And I don't know what was happening to me, but I fell asleep like this that night. I woke up in the morning, um, completely a changed man. Wow. I noticed the sun shining. I noticed, I don't know, fresh air, just basic small things that I noticed that morning. It was like as though I was in touch with life again, wow. as though I was sober minded again, you yeah. know? And, and my mornings would start with a cigarette, but that morning I really wanted to read the Bible. So I started looking for the Bible in my room. I find a Bible, I open it without going to books or chapters. I just open the Bible and it went straight to Jeremiah 33 and 3, where it says, call on to me and I will answer you mm. and I will show you things you've never seen and take you places you've never went. Come on. And it was as, as though the Lord himself was speaking to me. Yeah. And I remember like almost like getting scared and like putting the book down and I begin to pray and right in my room, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. in the evidence of speaking in tongues Come on. filled with the power of god and you know scripture says who the sun sets free he's free indeed yeah so since that day it's been 16 17 years free and i've never indeed. had a single cigarette drug so i believe in 
in the power of God yeah. and the fact that he can transform our life, not just make it better, but make it new. Yeah. That we are born again, that we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on. And so it's one thing to like read about that and hear that, but it's another thing to experience that. Oh yeah. So I experienced that. And you know, the Bible says, know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that word know in the Greek is actually experience. Yeah. Experience the truth and the truth will set you free. So sometimes when we just read something or hear something, it might not have that much power. Mm-hmm. But when we experience it, it becomes real. Yeah. It becomes bread. It becomes life. And so anyway, my life was completely transformed. And that's where my new life in Christ began. Mm-hmm. What I also realized is, it doesn't end with salvation. Life in Christ, it doesn't end with salvation. It begins with salvation. Jesus said, I am the door, you know? So we are saved through the cross. We are saved through Jesus, but he's the door. He's the door into the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. He's the door into a new life that he's called us to walk in. And so what I realized is my greatest testimony is not how I got saved. How I got saved is the beginning yeah. to my testimony. Right. But that testimony is progressive. It's developing because the greatest testimony is the life that we have in Christ. Come on. You know, the life apart from, from Christ, there's not much to it. You yeah. know, uh, sin leads to the same thing. And the tactic of the enemy hasn't changed. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. So that was, that, that was the process of destruction. Mm-hmm. But it was his grace that saved me. And look, I think that a lot of times we think like, well, I found God, you know, or, Mm -hmm. and well, he found me. Yeah. And, you know, we can say I came to God. Well, he came to me. Right. You know, scripture says no one can come to the father unless the spirit draws him first. Come on. So, so I believe that the Holy Spirit was already ministering and working in my life, leading me to the knowledge of Christ. But I also believe that Jesus Christ died for the whole world. Scripture says that God was, that the Father was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, which means all of humanity, every person. So I believe that the Holy Spirit is on the earth ministering to every person, leading them to the knowledge of Jesus. And so to me, I know now that I responded to him mm-hmm. more than I found him. Yeah. You know? Jesus knocks, we answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much kind of the beginning of my life. And then, you know, there's much more to it as yeah. it unfolds. Yeah. Well, I think there's a little bit to take out from that. I love how you were talking about you know, there's always that emptiness on the inside. There's always that knowing. There's always that knowing where it's, this isn't it. This doesn't really satisfy. There's that void inside. And I love that Bible verse where it says, all of creation is groaning. The sons, mm-hmm. for, for the sons to be made manifest. And so many people think that that looks like somebody coming up to him, like, tell me about Jesus. But it actually looks like this life of emptiness, but what's happening in their heart. Mm-hmm. There's that emptiness and we are that answer for them. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit in us. And they're groaning 
to know for the sons of God to be made manifest, yeah. for them to also be drawn into that. Every Everyone's testimony can in some way be summed up to the, like you said, it, it's just destruction and that emptiness. And then when God draws us in and we respond. And I love, I love this Bible. No, no, not, not a Bible verse. Quote by Smith Wigglesworth. Mm. I think he lived a pretty victorious Christianity. And he, and he said this, he said, this is the key to a victorious Christianity. He said, you need to understand how worthless we are without Christ, how powerless we are, but in the same note, understand how beautiful we are with him mm. and how powerful we are with him. It's this like good balance of, mm. I came from this, this is what I've been through. And without Christ, this is what a life is. It's just complete destruction. Without you, I'm nothing. But guess what? This is the bigger part here. But but now I have the Holy Spirit. Now yeah. I have you, Christ. Now move through me. Now the Spirit in us is alive. You know, think about like how powerful would this story be if it didn't lead to transformation? Right. Like if I just described the encounter with God, but then my life didn't change. Yeah. It wouldn't have any weight to what I'm mm -hmm. saying. So I believe that the result of the presence of God and intimacy with the Lord is a transformed life. Yeah. You know, that's what gives weight to testimony. Mm -hmm. That's what gives weight to our words is a transformed life. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of times we can get so, uh, in, like stuck almost like an emotionalism where it's all about just experiences, but mm -hmm. there is no transformation. So for me, it was a transformed life. Yeah. That's why, you know, we can share the story 17 years later mm -hmm. and, and, and carry the message of hope to people that maybe are struggling or are in addictions or feel like, you know, they're far from God. Well, God's not far from you. Mm -hmm. God's near you. And, and, you know, it's just a simple response Yeah, and an awareness of his presence. Yeah. Because now we're that letter being read. Mm -hmm. Now it's our life that preaches. Now it's us that are showing what it means to truly be set free, to really have that joy, to really have that. It's so good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so much to take from that. I'm still trying to process it all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to go into like, um, kind of how things developed down the road. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Do you want to share a little bit on that? Yeah. How, how exactly do you maintain a life of transformation after that? Because I feel like that's a place where so many believers are, where it's, we've had that initial repentance, especially when you grew up in church. Right. Say, we don't have a testimony of, well, I didn't come from, you know, a background like this. I was raised in church my mm -hmm, whole life. Mm -hmm. How am I to constantly have that transformation? Because like you said, you were in this place of, it's this or it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, it either ends here or I'm going full force. And that almost like, seems like it would light a fire for you. But so many people that, so many people say, oh, well, you know, he who is forgiven much loves much. He, you know, so how do people who have been raised in a church, how do people who have been Christians per se their whole life, mm -hmm. how do they maintain that life of transformation and continual yeah. growth? Well, you know how just even the phrase you said, I hear that so much. Well, he who's forgiven much loves much, but we've all been forgiven much. Right. You know, so it's like we relate that to somebody that's like, worse in mm -hmm. our opinion you know like oh he did drugs so he was forgiven more yeah and so that's why he loves more but i think it has it doesn't have much to do with that in my opinion as much as 
us acknowledging how much he's loved us. Mm. You know, Come on. because when we have the revelation of how he loved me, my natural response is loving him. Yeah. You know, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Yeah. So he who's been forgiven much, who's that? That's in theory, that's everyone. Mm-hmm. We've all, our best day is like filthy rags before yeah. God. So when it comes to God's standard, sin is sin. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you lied or you did cocaine, it's sin. Mm-hmm. God is holy. Yeah. We've all been forgiven much. But when we begin to acknowledge that, when that becomes our experience, our revelation, then then we begin to love. Mm-hmm. And we begin to love because we are loved. Yeah. We don't love because we have to love. We love because he loved us first. And I think that's the power right there is just understanding the love of God. Yeah. I think the greatest power on the earth is, is the love of God. Mm-hmm. It, it transforms our life. Um, but I guess practically from my own life, yeah, after I got saved, I see now a couple <laughs> things that played a role. One of them was a prayer life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know much, obviously. But there was almost a pull, an invitation by the Lord into the presence, yeah. into the secret place. And so I responded to that, and I felt like a grace. And so when I got saved, I won't lie and say, you know, four, five, sometimes six hours a day was spent in prayer. And of course, that wow. seems like... Supernatural. Yeah, and it seems crazy right now. It's like, how do you do life? Well, I, I'd come home from work, like 5, 6 p.m., just like everybody else, but I would spend the whole time mm-hmm. in the presence of the Lord. Wow. There was such a hunger. Mm-hmm. I can't even explain it, but there was such a... Almost like I was catching up for the years that were lost. Wow. And then another thing I noticed is, so obviously time with the Lord. I would just say commit to spend time. Um, just spending time with him, whatever that looks like, just sitting, sitting in silence. If it's hard for you to pray, just come and designate time to just be with him. Just for him, you know, not yeah. for any other reason, but just for him. Yeah. The other thing I noticed was um, reading the Bible, even though it can get mundane and feel like a routine and sometimes even feel religious, but reading the Bible and expanding your knowledge of the word, it almost like enhanced my fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, you know, Jesus said he will come and he will bear witness. He will bring to remembrance yeah. the things I have spoken to you. Mm-hmm. So in other words, like when I started to read this, it's almost like it created more conversation for me to have with the Holy Spirit. Right. Because the Holy Spirit would speak to me back the next day or the next week through that, yeah. through that knowledge or memory of scripture. Yeah. And so I saw how that became a well in terms of like intimacy, it right. became, it became to something I can draw from, right. you know, in my, in my life. And it didn't always feel like fire and I want to pray all the time. I don't read. No, but, but, but I saw how in the dry seasons that became a well yeah. that I can drink from, Yeah, you know, cause like 
some seasons where you can just feel the presence of God like this, you know, mm -hmm. like you come in the room and you just get whacked by the glory and you're like, yeah, four hours later I got up and I don't even know what that was. I don't even know if I was in my body or out of my body, if I was <laughs> yeah. in first heaven or third heaven, right? Like Apostle Paul is saying, right. I, I don't really know what that was, but that was powerful. Yeah, that was yeah, God. Yeah. Well, life is not, that's, that's not in everyday life. Mm -hmm. We have those moments, those encounters, those yeah. experiences but we also have the desert because mm -hmm. God is teaching us how to walk by faith, how mm -hmm. to live by faith, how to trust in him, not in the way we feel. Right. So, so I saw how in those seasons, this became a well. And the third thing I would say just kind of just without thinking too much about it is the sense of purpose. I think that's the greatest need people have is the need for purpose. Mm-hmm. And I got busy doing um, things for the Lord, but in the right way, in a healthy way. Right. I, I just took something on. I took some kind of responsibility mm -hmm. and that helped me. Yeah. It kept me kind of in, in, in the lane, you know? Right. And, and sometimes we despise small things because we feel like, well, I'm not called to that. And you're kind of waiting for what you're called to. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's interesting that um, if we look at the Bible, actually, it was on my heart before we started this podcast. Um, just looking at a couple people that shook the nation or, you know, made history, how they were simple people, but they had a faithfulness. They had a devotion to God. Right. And how they went from nothing to huge impact great impact and we follow that throughout scripture even in like um in um saul's life like saul was king saul yeah he was from a very rich family his dad was a millionaire okay and scripture says he was the most handsome man i don't know how they determined that but like pretty much he was the best looking dude yeah on the planet Tall, handsome, rich. I mean, you guys said 70% of the podcast is females, girls. Like, think about that, girls. Wow. Tall, handsome, and rich. Hello. And so, in other words, they had many servants. They had many servants. So, so think about this. Saul's father tells him, hey, my donkeys are lost. Mm -hmm. Go find my donkeys. Yeah. And it's like... Dad, I mean, like we, like we got, we got How? workers for that. Mm -hmm. You know, like let them go find donkeys. I got more important things to do. I, I I'm Mister Important here. I'm tall and handsome, mm -hmm. and we're really rich, so I feel entitled to greater things, mm -hmm. greater responsibilities. Yeah. But no, Saul went and looked, and he didn't just look. He he had a goal to find them. He he was devoted. He was committed. And it was days into searching for these donkeys that he stumbled into the prophet. Mm -hmm. And that divine appointment happened in the journey of obedience, right? in the journey of faithfulness. That's good. And all of a sudden, there Saul is discovering destiny and purpose and later was anointed to be king because of the group of prophets that he came under. And when he came under the group of prophets, he also prophesied. Right. And so um, 
So there's just something powerful that happens there. You look at Daniel, you know, who impacted the laws of the nation. Mm -hmm. He was living in a very evil time. You know, the kings were not following God, but the kings decided, hey, let's find like noble man, wise man. And in other words, there's qualifications there. Mm -hmm. And Daniel was one of them. And because of that, he was selected to be in the palace. But even there in the palace, his faithfulness to God led him from just being one of the wise men to becoming pretty much second in command and influencing the heart of the king into changing the laws of the whole nation. Right. And it was faithfulness in the little things too. Yeah. It was praying. Like, I mean, praying, you don't have to pray three times a day, stand on your knees and open the window. You know, it's like, especially when the law comes against it, like we're living in a day where you know, some people are saying it's illegal to gather, it's illegal to worship, you know, and all this stuff. Well, Daniel was facing the same mm-hmm. kind of time where it was illegal to pray. You can only worship the idols. But Daniel, even though he was submitted to government authority, he had superior authority over him. Come and on. that was the Lord. Come on. So he didn't stop praying, even though he honored the king and submitted to everything else, but not when it came to his superior authority and submitting to the laws of god so um so anyway there's just something about taking up responsibility Mm -hmm. and beginning to live a life in the body of christ right you know in a in a local church community or in a community of believers and just submitting yourself you know because like when we're born again we're not born again mature we're born again like a child Mm -hmm. you know just like you're born again just like you're born into this world like a child, you don't you don't come out walking and rapping. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right. you're you're born again, and you you're like babes in Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's important to come into like a healthy environment, a family, yeah. and grow. Yeah. And so they all grew. Joseph grew. David grew before. In other words, he was maturing for his purpose, and the whole journey was also part of the purpose because it's not just about what you get when you get there. Mm-hmm. It's who you become Yeah, come on. when you get there. And so this whole journey was becoming, and like even for David, you know, his, his faithfulness, his obedience, like, look, he's faithful to the Lord when it comes to prayer and worship, right? And time and his presence. He gets missed by his dad. But then the favor of God draws him in. Mm-hmm. Now David gets anointed to be king. And look, n- this nation had no king. They had Saul because m- people wanted right. a king. So God gave him Saul because people wanted a king. But this was God's appointed king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the first king for this nation. Right. So think about that and what that represents. So now David is anointed by the prophet to be king. His brothers go to battle, go to war. And his dad tells him, hey, why don't you walk for like three, four days? Just a quick stroll Uh and bring your brothers some cheese and crackers. Mm -hmm. It was actually a lot of weight. We, We had a preacher come and do a little practical example. Yeah. Good, like 80 pounds on his shoulders. Easy. Baskets for Easy. three days walking. Little teenager. 
well yeah and he had to have food for himself for right. the journey so and water and all of that so imagine here's this assignment and when we start to feel like i'm t- i'm too big for this mm-hmm. like i'm too anointed for this like choose somebody else but there's something about being committed being faithful taking up responsibility and he submitted to his dad and he went and did it and look David stumbled into that discovery of who he was in the journey of obedience, faithfulness, submission. And so I would just say, let's not despise small things. Yeah. Because God is big in small things. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, there's so much more to be said here. Um, but yeah, I think those three things, it was... It was Time, time with the Lord. I, I Maybe I wouldn't even call it prayer. Mm-hmm. Just say time with the Lord, whether yeah. it's in silence, whether you're just thinking about the Lord, whether it's prayer, because prayer can be, you know, can maybe just be this image of just like going hard and praying, right. but just time with the Lord. Yeah. When you set time aside to be with him mm-hmm. and then time with the word, because as you grow in knowledge, it becomes a well. And purpose taking responsibility beginning to live on purpose uh, i think those things begin to naturally kind of discipline you and maintain that life in god you know watch yourself be transformed into his image yeah yeah it's a good word roman it was so good having you on i think there's plenty to <laughs> to go back to to think on to expand on mm-hmm. yeah i <laughs> I was still trying to grasp it all. I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna listen back to this myself maybe a couple of times. But thank you so man. much for that. Um, I believe, yeah, through experience, we get to know God even more, and I just encourage us even more. Yeah. And glory to glory and faith to faith. Yeah. So thank you so much for having us. Thanks. And Thanks. we'll love having you. Be here. Yeah. We'll have you back again. For sure. We're excited. Yeah. All right. Amen. <laughs>